Today's reading is taken from 1 Peter 5, 1-5. to To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those who entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourself with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, Susan. Um, yeah, if you can take out the Bible and also uh, look at the... Um, take out the membership card that's in, inside, we will go through both uh, this morning. But... Let's do pray that God will speak to us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we give you great praise and thanks that you are God who is um, speaking, who you, you have spoken through these words in the past. And we pray now that as we point to these words, that you will speak to us. And as we think about what it means to be a member of a, a church together, Lord, we pray that uh, the truth of your word will be heard uh, by all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Sir Winston Churchill was known for his quick wit. He once said of his political opponent, Clement Attlee, Mr. Attlee is very modest man. He is a very modest man. Indeed, he has a lot to be modest about. Well, I mean, I think if you think about who we really are, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, I think this is all of us. We live as if we're at the center of our world uh, with this puffed chest. But most of us will, if we really think about it, most of us will arrive at this conclusion that we have much to be modest about. And that is the Bible's diagnosis of every single one of us. Think about it. It tells stories in the Old Testament of stubborn people at the face of God's grace and judgment, who continue to do the wrong thing again and again and again. No matter how gracious he is, no matter how he judges, people still do the wrong thing. It tells of hearts that are constantly prone to wonder, hearts that are filled with things that we, we don't want to admit to ourselves. This is why we're described as sheep in the Bible. You've heard of, heard of this before. When we think of sheep, we immediately go to this sort of cartoonish creature. They're in this, like, this snow-white balls of fluff in the background of green pastures, and um, it's, it, you know, the birds are singing, and it, it's sun in the background. But the reality is very different, of course. Sheep are dirty. Left alone, they're, they're filled with all sorts of pests. Um, farmers have to dip them regularly in strong chemicals in order to get rid of uh, lice and ticks and worms. They need to be cleansed, cleaned regularly. They're literally lousy, they're stupid, and they're stubborn. We don't think of ourselves that way, but that is the force of this metaphor. That that is what, what the Bible means precisely when it calls us sheep, a flock of sheep. We need help. 
We need shepherds. So when God saves his people, he attaches them to a flock and also to their shepherd. And see what Peter says to the elders of the church in in our passage, to the elders among you in verse 1. Be shepherds of God's flock under your care, watching over them. The shepherds are to care for their flock, exercising oversight. They're necessary because when the sheep goes astray on their own, the sheep is going to die. It's going to be eaten. It's going to continue to be dirty. Self-shepherding, being a solo Christian, not submitting to an authority is dangerous. We're prone to wander far away from God and justify our sins. We're prone to do things our own way and think that we are right. Prophet Jeremiah wrote this famous verse in chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We have an extraordinary ability to deceive ourselves. So we're not meant to be Christians alone. Because at different points of our lives, we will wander away. And we will need somebody to speak into our lives and call us back to the fold. Even in this church many years ago was a person who was convinced that adultery was not wrong, according to the Bible. He was committing, while he was committing adultery himself, he said, there are many people in the Bible who have multiple wives and concubines. The problem was that because he was such a bright person, because he was so confident in himself that he refused to listen to others, He wasn't open to anyone speaking into his life, even though, and he was convinced that he was right, even though everybody else could see that he was wrong, that he was walking away from his faith. It's so easy to convince ourselves of the rightness of our beliefs and actions. So God places shepherds, pastors and elders in each church. It's spelled out even more clearly in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. The pastors are called to shepherd God's flock and watch over them. And they need to give account for their sheep. And this is what partly membership is about. It's ultimately about discipleship. It's for the shepherds to lead and guide and admonish and teach. But how will the shepherd know? How will the elders and the pastors know who the shepherd are? Who, who, I mean, who the, who the flock is? How will they give an account of the flock when he's not sure who they are? And in a church of this size, it's not so big, but it's big enough that people come in and, in and out. We need to raise our hands and say, I want my life to be accountable. I would like to join the flock. Signing a membership is saying that. It's a logistical thing, but the, the principle behind it is absolutely biblical. Membership is a way of saying, I give you the right to call me to account, uh, to live a life as I should live. And if I lose my mind, please come and speak to me. Please lead me in the right path. Speak God's truth into my life. It's giving that permission to the leaders. To shepherd us. But I know that as soon as we talk about shepherding and entrusting our lives to an authority, authority, um, anyone, or even, I mean, I think much worse, an institution like the church, we get our guards up. Uh, we're suspicious of the church, and we've heard people say things like, 
the church is corrupt. It's about money and it's, it's about the pastor's power. I love Jesus, but I have real problems with the church. Church is about relationships, so it shouldn't be organized at all. And to be honest, you should be concerned. We all should be concerned about these things because pastors are fallen people. They're sinful people. In fact, Peter shows the same concern in this very passage where he's uh, instructing the pastors. Look at what he says to pastors in the middle of verse 2. Not pursuing dishonest gains, but eager to serve. He says, don't be greedy to the shepherds for money. Don't be greedy for money, but serve. We should be wary that pastors are not in the ministry for money. If possible, we should put in a system that the pastors can't be tempted with money in this way. The Anglican Church in Hong Kong, for example, has this one way of doing it. The compensation doesn't depend on the church size or its growth or anything like that. It just sort of depends on the seniority, how long you've been serving in the church. Now, that has its own problems, but it makes it at least clear that when people work hard, it's not for money. When they want to grow the shepherd, uh, the, the flock, they want to increase the fold, it's not because of money. And you should be wary that it shouldn't be for money. You should watch out. There's also temptation for pastors to work for power, isn't there? And that's, that's spelled out here as well. Not lording it over those who, who are entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. You know, some people love power. Some people love their voices being listened to by many people, and that's why they work so hard. And Peter says, watch out. Don't lord it over the sheep. In fact, pastors are supposed to be chief servants, one of the flock leading by example, he says. So you're right to be careful. And Peter was concerned as well. And this is why I think it's so important that you rightly, you choose a church that is good. You, uh, because when you sign up to be a member of any church, partly once again, you're saying, I want to learn from you and submit to your authority. So as awkward as this is for me to say, as I ask you to renew your membership and think about it, you should think about the church leadership in Shatin Church. <laughs> Before joining, whether you're willing to listen to these sermons week by week, whether you will allow these church leaders to speak into your life and tell you, if necessary, that you are living it wrongly. Before joining the church, you should see the evidence that the pastors know that they're under shepherds. They're not the chief shepherd. It's made clear, isn't there? Jesus will appear. The chief shepherd will appear and hold them into account. And so you should go under the, the shepherds who are trying to be like Jesus. Trying to, They know that authority is just delegated. That In the end, we're all under the chief shepherd. And you should remind them time to time as well. The pastors do not have ultimate power. The chief shepherd, Jesus, is one we are submitting to, even as we submit to the authority in the church leadership in the church. And with all these caveats, let me still say, you need a shepherd in your life. If your faith is private, if you say that only God has the right to speak into my life, who then will speak to, into your life when you're sleeping around when your life demonstrates greed, abuse of power, selfishness, impatience, all these things, who will speak into your life if your faith is private? 
Who will hold you accountable? Self-shepherding is dangerous. It won't work. But then again, we've also been talking about all these one another ministries in these past weeks as well. As well, In fact, I've said last week the job of the pastor is to equip the saints so that one another ministries are possible. What this means is that we are to shepherd one another, each other as well. Once again, membership is saying this. Joining as a member is saying, I'm committing to my life to all of you, people who are around me. I'm giving you the responsibility to you for, for you to speak into my life. And I am also going to raise my hand and say, I am going to commit to speaking into your life. I'm going to be responsible for you and you to me. That's why it's an agreement. It's a covenant saying to each other. So take out the sheet, uh, take out the membership, and let's look at the form together. It says that becoming a member means recognizing that we're called to live as part of a body, body of Christ, that we're not to be individuals living our lives alone. It's a public identification saying that we are part of this family. And as such, you commit then to doing following things, committing to study the Bible together, privately and together with others in this church. I think this is absolutely important for us that we grow by God's word, feeding God's, on God's word privately, but also doing one-to-ones or meeting in small groups and coming to church regularly to feed on God's word together. And if you've done one-to-ones or links, uh, a links group, member of a links group, you know how valuable it is. You know, I get a lot out of my quiet time, but I get more when I meet people with one-to-one, in one-to-one. When I, I meet with a few people in this church one-to-one, when I meet with people and open up the Bible with others, I get more. I get more, and we're feeding on God's Word together. And this is what we are committing to, to, to doing, that we are going to grow together through reading God's Word. This is our lifeline. We then also commit to spending time and loving each other. The second bullet point there. Yes, we're members of the universal church, the body of Christ that is made up of all the saints of the past and of the future and the universal church even now here on earth. Um, but belonging to that universal, universal church means nothing if we are not committed to any relationship, if we are not committed to a local church and the body of relationships that are there. You know, um, being friends, I had a friend in uh, college who was really, really popular. He knew everybody in the, uh, in the university. But really, in the end, he, 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 all the depth of that friendship was pretty shallow, right? He wasn't really, in the end, friends with anyone. And when he was going astray, there was no one, it was everybody's job and no one's job to speak into his life. We are committing ourselves to say, I want you here to be responsible for me. And I am going to be responsible. I'm committing myself to spend time with others here and loving you here. That's what we're saying here. And of course, I want you to know we will take care of other Christians. We will pray for other Christians around the world. We will um, take care of non-Christians who come in our path. I just want you to know that. I mean, this is not something that we're saying we're not going to do anymore. But our primary responsibility is to the local church, to the people that we're committing our lives to. That's what we're saying. 
that we can, we can spend time with everyone and help everyone in the world. So God has created the church, local church everywhere, so that people can belong. And we also commit to supporting and serving the mission of the church through financial, practical, and spiritual gifts. Last week, we talked a little bit about how God has given us different gifts. The gifts that God has given each of you, it's not to be used just for yourself. It is gift. You are gifted for the body. You serve a function within the body. God has given you gifts so that you can serve this body, whether it's your teaching gifts, financial gifts, prophetic gifts, music gifts, administrative, hospitality, evangelism, we use them for the edification of the body. So we co- commit to serving the body. We commit to, um, to supporting its mission. We also commit to meeting together and praying with others regularly. And this part um, is primarily about Sunday, meeting together and praying together and prayer meetings and things like that. And uh, I'm not going to say that much more uh, than to say, please listen to last week's sermon, because it was about this. Um, uh, that, because meeting together is so important as a body of Christ. Sundays shouldn't be an afterthought. Sundays should be at the priority of your list. Trying to make it on Sunday to be with the other members of this family should be at the priority. Your priority We also then commit to sharing in the responsibility of discipling. Discipling one another. Of course, this means doing all the things that we've already talked about, reading the Bible together, meeting together, loving others, sharing our lives, supporting the mission of the church. But also it means I want to highlight discipline as well. It means disciplining one another. If we're committed to one another and if we see one of us going astray, Uh, We must be committed to so loving that person, to go to that person and say, actually, what you are doing is, I think, displeasing to God. And if that person, uh, and if it's me, you should be able to say that to me as well. Uh, If it's me, you must say, Hugh, I don't think you can do that and continue to be a Christian. If I still don't listen to you and are unrepentant, um, then you take a few other people with you and say, come to me together and say, actually, this it really is displeasing to God. You, you're, you're a bit blind here. Um, you should listen to other saints. And if I'm still unrepentant, you bring it to the whole church and you can remove me as your pastor and you should be done that way and as a member of the church. Hopefully, that will help me to see that what I'm doing is wrong. Hopefully, being removed in this way is an act of grace for me to be able to see, actually, this is a really big thing. I do need to repent. Discipline is part of grace, and that's what it means to be a body, that we actually encourage each other and point each other to the right path. And this form, uh, this being a member formalizes this, and it says, I'm giving you that responsibility, and now I'm going to also hold you accountable as well. We are going to shepherd each other. And this, finally, this commits to, um, asks us to commit to sharing the gospel in our different networks. 
Uh, Archbishop William Temple, long ago, wrote, the church is the only organization that does not exist for itself, but for those who live outside of it. I think it's a slight exaggeration what he's saying. Um, I think the church does exist for itself as well, for each other, for us to be discipled together. But his point, the force of his point should be heard. We are an organization of people who have, the, who have heard the good news. And actually, how, what kind of a church we are, how we treat each other here, actually is a great witness or hindrance to the people who are outside. Right? If we treat the people here badly, people are going to notice, and that's going to be a hindrance to people outside. Not only that, we are a people who have heard this great message, not just for ourselves, but for others to know the God who has given us this grace. And so we commit here by signing this form to say, actually, I'm going to commit to sharing the gospel with people who don't yet know Christ in our different networks. So we're doing, I, I, we haven't talked that much about mission of the church, but that, that's actually next week. So come back to hear about that a little bit more. And, you know, as you know, we have Friendship Sunday in February 19th. So do, do invite, prayerfully invite your friends and family to come. I just, as we, as I close, I want you to know um, why we are doing the membership series. Why are we doing this? Why do we take membership seriously? In the end, it is about discipleship. Because growing as a disciple is not becoming individually more pious. It's actually about rubbing against each other and growing together as a body of Christ. This then requires spending time together, serving each other and loving, praying and teaching and disciplining and discipling each other. This is why the church exists, so that we can present each other holy and, blem- uh, holy and, and, and without blemish, so that one day when Jesus appears, he would be able to say to all of us, well done, my good and faithful servants. Over these years, you have lifted one another up to me. You sacrificed for one another. You held one another up in prayer and with thanksgiving. You confronted each other. You rebuked each other. You hugged and loved each other and continually pushed each other towards me. And now look at you. You are radiant. If these words seem familiar to you, um, you think, I've heard this before. It's because they're taken from Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage book. But here's the thing. This is why I quoted from this book uh, about marriage, because Christian marriages get their direction from the church's, uh, church members' love for each other. You know, all the passages in weddings that I preach, 1 Corinthians 13, the, 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 the chapter about love, or 1 John 4, chapter 4, where the love comes from, all these verses are about church membership and how we are to treat each other within the church. You see, we are so, we are to be so committed to each other that we learn in the church what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a wife. If the secular marriages often end in divorce, it's partly because they haven't learned what love is from the church. They haven't learned what commitment is from the church. That's what it means to be a body of Christ. That's the vision that God has given through Scripture. 
friends, we don't have any hidden agenda in doing this membership series. It's not to increase our membership as a result of doing this. I actually think that sometimes it's very possible that our membership will go down. It's not so that we can get more money. It's not to boost my ego. And if it's, it's, it's because we think that committing to local church, its teachings, its leadership, its members, to, uh, members is the normal way that God has created to grow us as disciples of Christ. It's a way of giving permission to each other to come into our lives. It's a way of committing and saying, you are mine and I am yours. You see, we are all sheep. So we need Christ. And, you know, when we have led Christ into our lives, when we submit to him, we know that that's wonderful. As we submit to Christ, he loves, he gives, he serves, he admonishes, he rebukes, he sanctifies. I know, I understand why we are reluctant, why many of us are reluctant to give this sort of authority to fallen people like me and fallen people like you to each other. But you see, Christ is here. We are the body of Christ. And when we commit to church, and we, when we submit to each other in this way, we also then will be known. We'll also then be loved and served, rebuked and sanctified by each other. And we will grow as disciples. And we will grow radiant. It is about discipleship. Let's pray together. Lord, we confess how sinful we are and how selfish we are, how deluded we are. And Lord, we thank you for these words that remind us that we are sheep who need your guidance. We are sheep that cannot survive on our own. Lord, we pray that all of us will grow as disciples, not just with you, but with the body that you have given us as the church together, that we will here now think about and pray about and commit our lives to others in this church, that, to, to say that we will grow together, that I need your help and you will need mine. Help us to be a body of Christ. Help us to commit to discipling one another. And help us to grow radiant and holy and without blemish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.